0: Hello and welcome back to the Outduring Tinnitus Podcast. This is Frida and I'm your host. And this podcast is all about tinnitus science and how you can live the absolute best life despite your tinnitus. Today, we have another fantastic episode and it's an excerpt um, from our tinnitus and stress management event last night in our online tinnitus community. Um, yeah, I hope that you really enjoy it. I have a few more Awesome announcements to make. In fact, um, we have a habituation retreat coming up on the 2nd and 3rd of September. So there are a few last spots remaining. If you want to join us for two-day retreat, three hours each, then uh, check the description and the links or send me an email to frida at alteringtinnitus.com if you would like to get a special discount and be part of our uh, retreat, two-day retreat, then just let me know. The second one that I wanted to share with you where I'm very, very excited about is the launch of my book. And soon I will have an episode out for you which is uh, reading me reading the first two chapters of the book. And I hope that you will really enjoy that. The book is called Accepting the Unacceptable An Eight Weeks Journey Towards Tinnitus Habituation. Um, and I've already been getting very, very good feedback from very few people who have actually read it. So I'm hoping that you might be one of them. If you want to be part of uh, that book launch and want to be notified when that book finally launches, go to outringtinnitus.com slash tinnitus minus book. The link is also in the description to this episode, but it's outringtinnitus.com slash tinnitus minus book. Yes, that's it. All right, guys, um, today we get into the episode of tinnitus and stress management. Um, excuse the sound quality. It's not the absolute greatest. The microphone was not clipped on that well, but um, you'll get the gist of it. And we've been talking a lot about tinnitus and stress management, ex- especially the whole month of August. The whole month of August was dedicated to tinnitus and stress management in our online community. And if you would like to be part of that community where we are about 50 members right now, we have uh, frequent events, um, uh, online courses, etc., that you can take in order to get closer to habituation, then join us at www.mytinnitus.club. And as today, we have no special sponsor apart from mytinnitus.club. We'll get into the intro and then right into the episode. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Outering Tinnitus Podcast. This is Frida and I'm your host. This podcast is all about the tinnitus science and what you can do to live a better life despite the ringing. Tonight we want to talk a little bit about um, stress management and why is that so important for tinnitus. Um, and first of all, just to give you a little bit of an overview I wanted to talk a little bit about how the stress response and tinnitus influence each other. It might be the one or the other nugget also in for you, uh, uh, as Scott. So if you have something that applies to your case, then uh, raise your hand if you have any questions or if you want to discuss a certain situation or something like that, then let's do that. Um, and then um, I want to get a little bit into, into the stress response and tinnitus, so the physiological aspects. Then um, a little bit how we can um, manage our stress a little bit. I said this to Carl as well. If we we are all live and uh, that's great that we're alive, but as long as we are alive, we will have to deal with stress. Sometimes with heightened stress, sometimes with less uh, stress, but we will always experience some things that cause our stress. Um, but it's always about I think how we manage that and how well we respond to stress, which then you can call it in many ways, but I like to call it resilience as well, building resilience to stress. So being able to tolerate heightened levels of stress, which we are all humans. Sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. Um, But one of the most important things, and I also said this in one of the videos that I shared, one of the things that you can control is not pouring more fuel into the fire. And especially with the stress response, I think that's one of the the most beneficial tools. So without getting into it too much already, catching yourself in the act of becoming more and more stressed right we all know it we're like rushing somewhere and then something's bugging us and then we become more stressed about this and then without us even knowing our brain sort of like gets naturally sucked into this heightened state of stress and we're getting closer and closer to a panic attack and the act is not to avoid those states because they will continue to come maybe not the panic attack but these acts of heightened stress but it's catching yourself a little bit on the path there and then having that compassion to open up and not pour more fuel into the fire in order not to get closer to that panic attack, but catch yourself on the act a little bit like um, when you're trying to cheat on your diet or something like that. And you're saying, "Mm, "Maybe I should have that apple instead of that chocolate or something like that. Right. So it's, it's, it's a little bit similar. And I think with the, with the stress response, this could be very beneficial and I want to give you some tools tonight as well in uh, how you can maybe try to catch yourself a little bit earlier in the act and then um, without exacerbating it and beating yourself up, uh, having the compassion of saying like, okay, I, um, I am this, in this position, I feel very stressed, um, but let me not pour more fuel into the fire. Um, and then I also have some uh, final practices that I like to incorporate and, and they're very, very different for everyone. Uh, we have some fantastic practices. I have something in the community as well. I'm personally a big fan of yoga nidra. So um, yoga nidra is yogic sleep, and it's not. Uh, it doesn't have to do with yoga. So you don't actually do anything, but it is a guided meditation protocol, and you can. It's on YouTube anywhere. And I'm someone. I am working so much the whole day that if even if I get super tired in the afternoon after lunch, I can't lie down and sleep. I just, it's physically, it's impossible for me. I am hyper aroused during all of these things that I have, so many things going on. So I can't lie down and just have a nap. For me, it's impossible. What what I do, and this is a fantastic thing, and uh, maybe that would be something for you guys as well. um, I'm just trying to share a few different techniques. And at the end, I'll share more. Is do a meditation or a relaxation protocol in which you are uh, lying down, closing your eyes, You don't need to get to sleep, but you can just simply relax. And it's a 10-minute body scan. And what happens to me is I get in such a deep, relaxed state that is very similar to a pre-sleep phase. And the nervous system manages to lower down so much that afterwards you feel like, like I feel like I've even had something like a very, very short nap, but I feel very refreshed. And the reason for being so refreshed is because your nervous system just had that one bump down right it reset itself after everything that you're going through the day after everything that you've been doing the nervous system gets a teeny tiny bit of a reset and then has the chance then you have a chance to have a little bit more fresh energy and it doesn't have to be your nidra. there can be a lot more different things and i want to share some of these tools with you later in order to come back to a place where you can replenish some energy um, especially when you have heightened stress not only because of tinnitus but because of everyday life events um, but Exactly because the stress is so intertwined often with tinnitus, it's also a very, very important um, thing to know and to find a way for yourself in times of heightened stress to perform something that will calm your nervous system down, right? So that's very, very important. Um, and yeah, again, it, it, it doesn't have to be, I mean, it can be as little as uh, in the afternoon or at some point in the day, sitting down to read 10 minutes of your favorite book or something, right? Something that's inherently different from what you've been doing before so you get out of the same kind of vibe where we often we often say like hey when I'm here at home and uh, and I I do the same things every day my back hurts the same way I get upset about my work the same way and as soon as we go on holiday all these things are suddenly gone right although my back is still the same or the work problems that we have they're just temporarily on hold because we're on holiday but change the situation of a human being and the habitual behavior changes as well, right? Just because you go to another location, you remove yourself from your habitual behavior, suddenly your systems are in a completely different state and what I want to tell you guys with this is maybe you can't go on holiday all the time, this is probably impossible for most of us you can create these little islands of removing yourself from these habitual reactions and that's what I uh, want to be talking today as well in in the tool then um, I think it's very important that we first, just as I spend a, brief, a briefly few minutes, if you get bored, please let me know, and um, then we can do something else as well. No, I just, I want to spend just a, a few minutes, two, three, four minutes, and um, in uh, telling you about the stress and tinnitus role, and why they two are, are pretty much linked. Um, so stress is basically just characterized as the um, arousal that our body experiences when We uh, engage in many things. Things are occupying our minds and um, um, there are things to basically signal to our body, it's go time, right? If we didn't have stress, I mean, we might be lying in bed the whole day not doing anything, right? So a certain level of stress is good for us. So for example, the hormone, the stress hormone, cortisol, which we often also experience uncomfortable because the more we have of that, the closer we might feel to a panic attack. But these stress hormones are actually good for something because in the natural sleep-wake cycle, the stress hormones in the mornings, they make us wake up. Uh, they say like, okay, it's, it's time. It's time to get up now. There's light outside. Uh, go get ready for work. Do these things. Do some exercising. Get a coffee, whatnot. Like It's it's go time, right? That's what the stress hormones actually do. So in fact, in the normal level, the stress hormones are actually something that's absolutely necessary in the same fact that the 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 sleepiness hormone in the evening, melatonin, is super important for us to be able to feel sleepy and to get to sleep, right? There are a few other things that is also in the tinnitus and sleep, um, the tinnitus and sleep sections, a few other hormones that play a role in how you get to sleep, but we don't tackle that today. But the stress hormones, they are the ones in the morning to say like, okay, it's go time, let's do it. And the problem with the stress hormones, if there is too much of them, or if we are Often in stressful situations, uh, there is a part that is uh, playing a crucial role here in the brain, um, especially in times of heightened stress, and it's called the amygdala. Um, I, I'm not going to go too much into it, but the amygdala is the part in your brain that governs the stress release, so adrenaline and cortisol and um, et etc. So making your heart beat faster, etc. And the amygdala is responsible for managing and uh, that stress response and also saying uh, developing in every time uh, in space in how much what what the threat level is right because we're humans we're geared for survival and we used to live in caves with our tribes etc so we depend on survival all the time right the survival of our race of our of our of us as human beings depends on our bodies being able to quickly respond that's why it takes an average sleeper, for example, minimum 15 to 30 minutes to really get off to sleep, but uh, you can be awoken throughout sleep in two seconds, right? So when your smoke alarm goes off, not, not more than two seconds and you're fully awake, ready to run, right? So that, that shows you how much our bodies are actually geared for survival and our, our brains are constantly evaluating the threat levels that we're subject to. And with tinnitus, the thing is, oh, however, if you if you have experienced that, and I'm sure you have, in in at times of heightened stress, or when let's say um, you'd be somewhere out on safari, and suddenly there's a lion charging at you, uh, and suddenly everything goes tunnel vision, but your ears also become clearer, right? So you you would hear a lot more, you would have a much more heightened sense of perception, and that's one of the reasons why the amygdala and the sense of hearing is very connected, meaning that. The more the amygdala or the stress response is triggered, the more heightened also the awareness in your auditory cortex, the part of the brain that processes auditory information coming in from your ears, right? So what do we learn with this? Unfortunately, the tinnitus and stress response, they are very, very connected in the sense that as we are more stressed, when more stress hormones are released, we are Often also increasing our tinnitus and our perception of tinnitus because the focus on our ears and our auditory perception is heightened. Now, so it's like, what's first, chicken or egg? Do we get stressed from tinnitus and that uh, exacerbates our focus on the tinnitus? Or um, were we stressed because of something else? And then that higher stress level also triggers our tinnitus to be higher. And that in turn further fuels our stress response, right? So it's like, it's a little bit like chicken and egg. Who was here first? Um, But in the end, it doesn't really matter because in the end, what we need to learn um, is how to manage these reactions, right? And we also need to see that it's not something that's non-reversible, right? We can go through, that this is the good thing about our humans, our bodies are quite resilient. We can go through periods of heightened stress, for quite long times. And I don't think we can imagine what it must have been like being chased by a a different tribe and half of your tribe being killed and you being on the run for three months or something like that. So luckily we don't have any of that anymore, but our bodies are made to survive even extreme situations like that. So of course, often with tinnitus and when we have a lot of stress and when bad things happen in our lives, of course, that times of very heightened stress, but they're actually, and in fact, first and foremost, uncomfortable, but not super, super, super dangerous, right? Of course, when stress becomes chronic, there can be some things that happen in the body, but in the end, these are all things that are majorly re- re- reversible, right? So it's not something that is everlasting. Um, I just want to quickly say, as tinnitus is such a mind-body connection, right? So it has a lot to do how we perceive it, how we categorize it. We talked a lot about in the habituation accountability meetings, in the videos that we have, et cetera, how our perception of tinnitus then governs the way we respond to it, how our emotional reaction, our thinking reaction, then influences the way we feel. And when we feel a certain way about something, then that feeds back onto the thing itself, right? So when I feel a literal feeling of anxiety in my tummy, yeah? And it's coming from me thinking about I will never get rid of this and this will be terrible for the rest of my life. Yeah, then it's not the tinnitus thinking that's thought, but it's you thinking that's thought. That thought creating a reaction in your body, and you taking this reaction and saying, This reaction is terribly uncomfortable. And this reaction belongs to tinnitus. Just right, you know, so just to to show you a little bit, I mean, I've gone through it, I guess all of you guys have gone through it. So, and most of the people listening to this video afterwards will have gone through it as well. So just to give you a very brief analysis of how for many people, this circle of mind body connection, and then also stress response happens in response to our tinnitus, right? Um, I think, I think the one and the important point to remember here is it's never too late. So. Uh, The good thing, again, is that none of this is irreversible. And, of course, it might be very uncomfortable, but there's always a way open for you to open up to understanding how your mind, body um, uh, uh, react to your tinnitus, what your thoughts, feelings, and emotions around tinnitus are, and how they, the dog chasing its tail, continuously also keep your reactivity and your awareness on your tinnitus alive. Now, all of these things... Are a little bit too much to to get into but we have tons of material also in the community and um you guys you guys you guys know that and we'll talk about it in the next uh, session in the accountability session next week on thursday as well but it's it's very very important for you to realize that you always have the chance of unlearning this coupled reaction of stress response right you have the opportunity in the same way i like to work a little bit with metaphors tell me when it's getting boring but and Like today, I had uh, a client, uh, Marco, from uh, Mexico, and we talked a a bit about um, fear of dogs, very similar, right? Similar to the mind-body connection the stress response to tinnitus. When I have a dog when I'm young and I love my dog, I have no problems with dogs, right? I love dogs. They're cute. They're amazing. I pet them. But if I'm getting older and I'm running somewhere and a dog chases me, bites me in the leg, Suddenly, within a one-minute event, I, 20 years, I've always loved dogs. Within a one-minute event, I have a terrible fear of dogs. Whenever there's a dog walking on the other side, I try to avoid the dog. Whenever I see one, what does the amygdala do? Alarm, 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 stress everywhere. You tense together. Your body gets tense. Your muscles get tense. Your whole body goes like, stress, alarm. And in essence... I'm not saying that tinnitus is always like that because it's a little bit more subtle, right? When it creeps in and when you get stressed out about this, but it's the same mechanism. It's exactly the same mechanism that happens when we respond to tinnitus in that way, when we get stressed. And in the same way that someone could find new trust in dogs, either through certain forms of therapy or simply by first starting uh, to not cross the street anymore when he sees, okay, the dog's on the leash, the owner's got him under control, I will at least pass him, right? And a few months later, that person might feel comfortable enough to maybe pat a very good friend's dog on the hat for a minute. On the head, not the hat. It would be funny if he was wearing a hat, but, um, uh, and, but yeah, you know, you, you see where I'm going, right? So this is something that these processes is something that we call neuroplasticity and we don't need to get into it too much. But that's in, 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 in the link where I said earlier on, it's all reversible in the same way that a new response to learning that dogs or not all dogs are dangerous and threatening, but only some of them. And you don't always have to behave around that. And then your brain and your whole system literally starts behaving differently towards dogs again. In the same way we can do exactly the same with tinnitus as well. In the middle of this podcast episode, a very, very short statement from one of our community members, Petra. She is uh, relatively new to our community, but she shares a few uh, views and insights on what she thinks about the community. Um, yeah. And we, of course, want to convince you that this is the right step for you in your tinnitus management journey as well. So you know where to go. It's www.mytinnitus.club to sign up and join our amazing online tinnitus community with frequent events, videos, habituation courses to send you on the absolute right path to getting your tinnitus, to getting your two grips with your tinnitus. Again, just for anyone who's not part of the community, I mean, your community is fantastic. I just recently joined, um, so quite new to the community, but it's been it's been amazing, and all the content and help you have in in the community is also amazing as well. Um, you've been like honestly, you've been that little light at the end of the tunnel. So just thank you so much. I mean, it's it's a journey, and it's not an easy journey, but it's, there's that light at the end of the tunnel. So thank you. <laughs> uh, getting back to a few tools that I want to share with you today um, to uh, in stress management, and then also a few more tools in the end to ground and um, regulate your nervous system, such as the yoga nidra, et cetera, um, that I want to share with you today out uh, in the community. Because um, I think that can be, uh, be quite relevant, is that, um, and, and they might some of these techniques might seem very, very trivial at first, but in the same vein that ha- habituation in and of itself seems very trivial when we talk about it. And the things that we do or rather not do in order to reach it also sometimes might seem trivial, but it, it's, it's, it's often not, right? And often like very small things and changes can have very big effects. Um, and especially in stress management, what I have m- mentioned at the start is one of the forefront fronts also of um of um of the modern modern science, what modern behavioral science and modern stress science says, in fact, is that if we I mean the assumption of saying like all stress is bad is basically rebutted, right? Like what we said in the 70s, 80s and 90s, stress and heart disease and you should never have any stress is wrong. Because we need a certain healthy level of stress in our life in order to find out out what things are we working towards to um, what are things that we want to pursue in our life. So using stress as a driver and fueling you to get towards the things that you want in your life is good, right? But when we characterize it as negative stress or stress that we experience in a way that is so heightened that it influences our quality of life or also um, increases our tinnitus to a level where it's very uncomfortable and and turning into a spike, then of course, that is something that we want to uh, remediate and and deal a little bit better with. And I think in modern modern, uh, science and scientific reviews and peer-reviewed studies right now, what they're coming up a lot is not the concept of avoiding stress or saying like, well, if I just stay at home and lie in my bed all day, then at least I won't be stressed out. And uh, it's not entirely true, right? With the rise of technology and people being able to reach you anywhere, you get just simply pick up your phone in bed and also be stressed. So it's not really true, unfortunately, anymore. So it's much more about building that resilience, right? I've, I've touched on it very, very early on in the meeting today, um, that the term of resilience and the term of resilience is a little bit um, uh, like habituation, but in the sense that we say we um, acknowledge the existence of stress, but we don't become more stressed because our bodies feel stressed out, right? Because it's a little bit like when you start to feel like you're getting the upper hand on your tinnitus reaction. So slowly but steadily, a little bit of, a few of the comments that I saw Carl wrote um, were like geared towards, I have to accept that this is negative, And sometimes I have a negative response to it. But then when you do that and you truly do that, then you kind of start feeling a little bit more empowered, right? Because now you know what to do and you get a sense of direction of how to go from here. And then at least slowly, but steadily, you feel like you're getting a grip on things and with resilience, it's very similar. It's not that you have to, if, that you have to um, get rid of all stress but it's something that you become more aware of where the stress comes from and what your body and mind or your brain want to tell you with this stress. Right? It's not always possible because sometimes we're just stressed because there's so much going on with uh, family and, and work and all these kind of things. But often when we build a practice where we become more mindful of what's actually stressing us and we dissect it, then we get, become, then we have a little bit more power to uh, moderate our response is when I establish a sense of control. I might, might be false control, right? Sometimes I don't get to do all these tasks, but if I if I establish a sense of I am doing it, I'm sorting things out. I'm knowing which parts here keep me stressed, and when should I be more stressed, and when do I have time for a break? Like for example, the afternoon scheduling my yoga nidra. And saying, this time I will take 20 to 30 minutes to take an actual break to reset myself in order to be able to be stressed afterwards again. Right. And then we get to a point where where I would say you can start building that resilience to stress because you learn that stress in and of itself is not avoidable. Right. You can't avoid stress at all costs and you can't avoid tinnitus at all costs. But what you have to see it, you have to see it for what it is. It is a driver making you focus on certain things in your life. But the big goal is is not to get stressed beyond the level of what's needed. And these two things together, they should A, be able to help you a little bit in managing your stress response and saying, okay, why did I get stressed out about this in the first place? And B, and this is more as it relates to tinnitus, where can I interrupt the stress cycle, right? Where can I say, well, where did I get off the path? Where did it go closer to a panic attack? And how can I, maybe not right now because it's already gone too far, but in the next instance, how can I stop myself at an earlier point to become mindful of how stressed out I feel right now to simply acknowledge that and be okay with that level of stressness I feel and then say, okay, what are the next steps that I need to do? Right. And building that response over a period of time will make you feel more empowered about why the stress response, why you experience the stress response in the first place. Right. And then you start being a little bit less fearful, A, about the level of stress that you experience, and B also a little bit fearful, less fearful about how much it's going to impact on your tinnitus, particularly if it maybe if you're someone who gets more stressed and then your tinnitus goes up being many reasons for that. We said before, when you get stressed, your muscles tense up, your neck gets tense. And some of us have uh, muscular tinnitus, right? Some of us have somatic tinnitus. My tinnitus surely is partly somatic because my, my muscles and my neck and back muscles are stiff in combination with my bad hearing and me grinding my teeth at night, which is also a stress response. So in essence, it is all connected, and especially with tinnitus, it's all connected, because tinnitus, stress is like a magnifying glass for tinnitus. And the goal, again, is not to keep stress out completely, but in the same vein that we want to become more mindful with the way that we respond to tinnitus, so as in the long run, because this is habituation, to tell our brain that this reaction we're having to tinnitus is not dangerous. It's okay to have it. And through that, right underneath, we tell our our subconscious brain and our subconscious mind that we don't constantly need to be tuning in and looking for it anymore, right? But only once we have established and acknowledged that it's okay to experience what we experience. And we don't do that by pushing it out. And it's the same with the stress. We become more mindful and more aware of where our stress triggers lie, how we get triggered, how we often respond. Then right, sometimes even in like the worst situations, you can just escape that and suddenly burst out laughing. I say, like, this is really not worth it. Me being this stressed, going almost into panic attack, overdrive. What am I actually doing here? Is it is like none of this is actually really. I mean, apart from you know, I mean, family, kids, etc., there are probably some stressful situations sometimes, but often, and I don't know if you guys agree, but often we get stressed about the tiniest things. And never even catch us in the acts. It's just because we used to do it, right? We just used to do it that way. But if we just learn to open up and see a little bit more clearly of when that happens, we give ourselves the chance to become more mindful, to learn a little bit more about ourselves and also remediate the stress response a little bit. That will be the second part, I think, today. The last thing that I want to share with you guys tonight um, is setting yourself a habit of finding what works to you to create little islands. And this is not supposed to be sound voodoo or anything. You know, I'm not a yoga coach or some some kind of um, vegetarian tofu something. And I like tofu, yeah? I like tofu. I like tofu and steak. I eat both. So I eat more tofu than steak, but I like both. Absolutely. So um, I, but I'm not the person to talk about like all these alternative kind of things and everything. I'm not that kind of guy, but I know that since I have incorporated these little islands in my day, uh, for example, with yoga nidra, uh, sometimes if you're someone who likes meditation, meditate, sometimes I do it more often. Sometimes I don't do it as much. Um, but I like to set little moments in my day to be able to check in with myself, right? And if I can't do yoga nidra because I feel I'm too stressed and I won't be able to settle down, then what I do is, even, even if I don't meditate, I take five to 10 minutes to just sit on my chair and literally stare on the wall. Because what I find, and, and I turn my phone off or I put my phone in another in another room in a drawer, because what I find because when we give our mind, for example, the space to start running in those moments, and I'm just talking about like normal everyday life events now, but if we give ourselves the time for our mind to start running in those moments, then we get a little bit like when we go running, we exhaust ourselves and then we come back to a place where we feel a little bit more centered. So this is not to say like when when someone's watching this and they're very, very distressed about their tinnitus, then of course it might be difficult for you to uh, sit down immediately and stare at a blank wall for 10 minutes, of course, then that's not the right thing for you. Then you might uh, uh, add some sound therapy, some ocean waves or something, or you might go out for a walk without your phone or with some sound therapy and let yourself be engaged by looking at how the shape of a green leaf or the shape of the clouds look like, right? And it's not, woo, it's just simple things that we know that calm our nervous system down. So for example, there is, there is a science out there. There's a great podcast, by the way. It's very, very great on stress response. It's called Andrew Huberman, Huberman Lab. Fantastic podcast. And when you uh, Google uh, or, or look for Andrew Huberman and stress, uh, he's a professor at Stanford University. And, and there are studies that when you look out far wide, yeah, let's say gazing towards the horizon, right? if, you, if you have a chance to do it right now, and literally, literally, that will calm your nervous system down because it's the antagonist of being in this tunnel vision of being only focusing on one single thing, right? So when I'm just only focusing one single one focal point of view, I'm like, oh, I'm looking at Scott. Scott is thinking, Fred is talking total bullshit here. What is he doing tonight anyway? So, you know? So I'm like, this is tunnel vision. This is this is the this is stress response then I really encourage you people um, to find small little islands in your day. If you can, Done. it doesn't have to be even 10 minutes. It has to be two or three minutes where you do something similar and you do it out of compassion, right? It also doesn't have to be because I read in Andrew Shuman's book, I got to go out and look for the horizon because then I won't be stressed. Well, that's not how it works, right? Because when you do that, then you gauge, am, am I less stressed now when I look at the horizon, the clouds? That's not how it works. Right? <laughs> Because then, of course, you compare your stress level immediately with how well this tool you're performing is working. And that's the same thing with the habituation, right? If you try to force it, it's probably not working properly. It comes through time and being open in experience rather than pushing and using these things as a tool to immediately get somewhere. Right? So what I'm saying has a lot more to do. And this is why I wanted to do this disclaimer about not being woo-woo or anything. But if you build the compassion with yourself to say, I have the compassion with myself to take some time out of the day, sometimes, maybe even a few minutes to create a little island to check in with myself. And I don't do it for a specific reason, neither for expecting that my stress level will reduce 100%, nor that my tinnitus will be much better afterwards, but I do it for myself, right? Because I feel like I need to take a break from all of these things that are going on. And honestly, it can even be on the toilet when you go to the bathroom during work. Stay a minute longer. Close your eyes while you're sitting there, and you stay a minute longer. Right? No one will notice. No one will cares. Um, and please don't. I, I don't want to get any anyone getting me sued because I basically tell you tell you for uh, your employer that uh, you have to you, you should. Uh, these things on the loo. No, no. And um, yeah, I think that's, that's something that can be really helpful. And especially in, in the stress response that we so, so uh, often experience um, can be, can be helpful to manage it, can be helpful to uh, reduce the amount that stress is impacting on your tinnitus. And also on the, in the long run, of course, um, make you a lot more resilient to all of these other challenges that are surely there to come, right? Because I think many of us probably, I mean, a lot of us have gone through very difficult challenges and big challenges in life already. Um, I have, but I'm sure that the biggest challenges in my life are still ahead. So I think um, it's often not unwise to have a nice system in place to try to somehow at least find some center and to prepare yourself for what's to come. Yeah, I just wanted to uh, close and also for the people who are um, not here and who watch afterwards that um, remembering that none of this is set in stone um, and also maybe uh, uh, Scott for you a little bit uh, there are these times in which it seems like the dog is continuing continuously biting its tail and it's like a never ending stress response of being tuned and focused onto this but there is no use in trying to forcefully remove yourself from that because you will only be disappointed that you're focusing even more on it. So neither tinnitus management nor stress management should have the ultimate goal of cutting both out of our life or completely removing ourselves from them because then we're always going to be disappointed that of course we can't get rid of stress in our lives and of course we can't stop focusing on tinnitus if we try just this little bit harder. Um, and yeah, and for all of the people who are watching this out there, uh, we, um, want to close the month of stress with, uh, this chapter today. And, uh, that we hope that it's been helpful for all of you guys out there that we had a month on tinnitus and stress relation, and, uh, also that you have gotten a little bit, um, uh, something out for yourself from this meeting today that you are able to, mm-hmm. uh, uh maybe uh create these little islands um and really find your find a little bit of peace amidst that noise and thank you very much for tuning into today's episode of the altering tinnitus podcast i hope you sincerely enjoyed this podcast episode again i keep on providing these podcast episodes um and i keep on pushing as much as i can new content on youtube on this podcast Uh, But the most frequent content obviously goes out to our community. Um, I wanted to uh, uh, invite you also to check out the link to our book that releases soon again, the Accepting the Unacceptable and Eight Weeks Journey Towards Tinnitus Habituation. So in order to check that out, just go to outringtinnitus.com slash tinnitus minus book. That's outringtinnitus.com forward slash tinnitus minus book and yeah the rest you know will be fantastic to see you in our community or uh, contact me directly for personal coaching at altering tinnitus.com or frida at altering tinnitus.com and i hope you have a fantastic weekend these episodes as usual come out on friday evening not always as regular as I have so many other things to do at the moment. But I try to um, ramp up my <laughs> my efficiency and my output of new episodes. And we've got tons of new content planned and amazing interviews and cool interview guests scheduled for the podcast. So, yeah, keep on listening. Now, Autumn's going to be here soon. And I will have a lot more time to create any amazing content for all of you guys out there dealing with their tinnitus. But I hope that our community is a beacon of hope in the midst of all this noise and i hope that you will join us soon at my see you over there thank you very much for listening to the Outring tinnitus podcast i am looking forward to also welcome you on my website at outturingtinnitus.com or if you have any questions please mail to frida at outturingtinnitus.com see you next time